Well, welcome to our Dune panel where we're talking about the uh, include the saga of Dune and some of the things that are involved with that. Um, why don't we go just down through and just introduce who we are a little bit and then um, and then we can kind of get rolling about what we're about and maybe a little bit get into the world of Dune, obviously. Sure. Well, uh, my name is David Moulton and um, outside of the Dune Saga podcast, I also host a podcast called The Linecast. Uh, so that's basically what I'm known for. Yep. And my name's Scott Herzog. I'm another co-host of the Dune Saga podcast and also a host of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. We're almost at 200 shows. So it's wow. been quite a while, quite a journey down through. We've been at Farpoint for the past couple of years. And Jim? Yeah. Greetings from Nebraska. Jim Arrowwood here. Yep. And he's also a host, a co-host of the uh, Dune Saga podcast as well. Yep. yep. And, uh, runs a blog. What? Jim Sci-Fi blog, right? Correct. And soon to be a uh, host on the uh, Babylon Project podcast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, not released yet, but keep an eye out for it. And uh, we'll be on the uh, the Babylon podcast. He will, he'll be on the Babylon podcast. So. It's still being produced. It's not. So they're doing kind of a – Jim, can you just kind of explain the re- uh, what, what your show is uh, attempting is, to do is, here? Is that, oh, is that the audio fiction well, we're going to do a, an episode-by-episode episode analysis, I guess, or just a conversation on it. Uh, hopefully, we'll get lots of feedback from the audience, and uh, hopefully we get a good audience. But Raul Ibarra and I are hosting this, and it should it should be a lot of fun for us, if nothing else. All right. So it's just kind of going through the shows, the past shows, and so nothing new. It's kind of looking at the old TV shows and kind of the relevancy now, dissecting them and so on. So, okay. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, so we are part of the Dune Saga podcast, and what we have attempted to do in the world of Dune is um, we call it the Dune Saga because we're starting with the books in chronological order. So that means that we are looking at the Kevin J. Anderson, Brian Herbert books first and kind of working our way up through the original series and – and some of the movies and some uh, some of the biographical works. And so yeah. it won't be an yeah. exhaustive podcast where we're going for 100 episodes. But, you know, by 20, 25 episodes, we're kind of looking at down the pike. And so we are uh, working our we, – we worked our way through the um, – the, the Legends of Dune series. So we're going into month five, and uh, that's our. This is our fourth book. We do a one book a month that we're reviewing, uh, and we current, that gives people time to read them if they haven't read them. In a right. while. For me, I haven't. It's been years since I read the original uh, Dune uh, trilogy. I guess is the original. That's all I ever read. And so when I went back to the Legends, it was very fresh. Yeah, and yeah. new. Well, yeah, because you've never read. You've never read the. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson, Brian no. Herbert stuff. No. Uh, and I think I'm, I, all three of us talked on a, a podcast before. It's been a, roughly about 15 years for each of us since we've, um, yeah, maybe less, less for me, but, um, at least a decade since we took in the originals. Um, so it's kind of not a total fresh look. Uh, it's new for the two of them to look at the, Brian Herbert, Kevin J. Anderson stuff, but I've read that, that before. Um, so we've been going through them chronologically. We're, we're recording our ep- review of House of Trades later this week. So that's pretty much where we're at. And uh, so what we've got is uh, we've got a monthly show that comes out that reviews the book. We also have a show that comes out at, right at the same time, 
where we go over the synopsis of the book in 10 minutes. So if it's been a while since you've read it and you want to remember and, and listen in, you can listen to that and get the, the whole story. And then about mid month between the, between the shows, we have a listener feedback episode that's just, uh, all the letters and stuff we've received from the many, many dune heads out there that are, are very, uh, adamant about yeah. their passion. Yeah. Whether the they're liking the Brian Herbert, Kevin Anderson or. Yeah. So. Right. Right. <laughs> it's a fun journey. So we are about, again, we're at House of Trades and, uh, working through that series and then on into the, uh, original. Yeah. So, and we skipped, uh, Sisterhood of Dune because that's the first of a series of books called the, the, the Schools Mentor. of Dune. Yeah. Uh, and the second one should be coming out later this year. And we figured if we wait, uh, by maybe by the time we're towards the end of our project, when we've read all the storybooks, that trilogy will be finished. And then we can tackle that whole trilogy as one instead of kind of you know ending on a cliffhanger and then jumping ten thousand years to the future to the house house books. So uh, and going through them chronologically has been very interesting, very different right. different look at them. Right. So uh, you can find us at DuneSagaPodcast dot com as well as on Facebook, Facebook dot com slash DuneSagaPodcast right. or on iTunes or Stitcher right. or whatever your preferred way. Yeah. So we're just going to, so I guess one of the questions that we are, uh, we're, we wanted to ask kind of is, um, I assume that people that are here have read Dune or encountered Dune in some capacity. And, um, what is it for you guys that kind of draws you into the Dune universe that makes you maybe come back to the book again and again, or maybe back to the movies if it's the movies that brought you in? Um, I was just curious just from, from you guys. So. Well, for me, um, I remember trying to read it the first time. I think it was in the eleventh grade, and I found it. I, I found it made Lord, the Lord of the Rings look like a uh, primary uh, primary grade book. Events <laughs> and story right. and character and you know, plots and, and kind of paraphrase plots within plots. Um, as I got older, I finally got to it. The first book two years later, as I finally understand, and as I got older, what actually drew me was actually kind of the bigger picture. As I learned more about. Herbert's commentary on society, Earth society in general, modern Earth and the geopolitics, and I started reading some of that subtext. Like, oh, okay, But again, it went back to the characters and, and the complexities. And as I, I started fading away by the fourth book, to me, it kind of started really going above my head. And then I revisited them in my thirties and. Still kind of went over my head, but I understood a little more. Um, the books that really grabbed me were not, not so much, the house books, yeah, because it kind of set that back, back foundation, that, the backstory and that foundation, which I really appreciate, especially being a fan of House of Trades. But the ones that really grabbed me were the Butlerian Jihad books. I was really sucked right into that. Because huh. again, as they were filling, as, as, Kevin Anderson and, and Herbert Sunblock in his first name were filling out that backstory. I don't know. There's something about that, that that part of the history in the, in the known universe. There's, there's so much more action in those books than I think the, any I other the ones. There's something about it. I, I was always curious to know what happened during the Butlerian Jihad, and mm-hmm. there it was right there. And all we get is really hints and references to it in the other books, and right. so to kind of see it played out or see a vision of it. It's As kind I started of, seeing where, um, you know, people don't talk. 
George Lucas read a little Dune as he was writing the story. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. The first time I saw the first Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Movie, somebody's read Dune. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah. What, the Kessel the, Spice the, Run, right? Spice <laughs> Run. <laughs> and, yeah. Sand people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, fir- I first got into Dune in, like, basically three stages. First was when I was, like, nine or ten I one of my friends at school mentioned a video game where involving Arrakis, and also talked about House of Trace and House Harkonnen. But the, and then I forgot about it for a while. But then I saw the David Lynch mo- d- movie on TV, and I thought, "Wow, this is so cool!" But of course, this was when I was like very little. I didn't really understand mo- movies in general. <laughs> you don't have to qualify. We're okay. We're okay. I know. I know. I know. Then, when, then for like um, Christmas, a, while, a few years later, I got the novel, the, the original novel, and I thought, this is so much better than the movie. The movie was, was good in its own right, despite being so weird, but the book made so much more sense. Then I didn't, but I had no idea that there were like five more books in the main series. And then, and so I got all five of them at once a couple years later, and I just read them one after another. But then at the end of Chapter House, I thought, that's it. (laughs) And then then came, then of course came the, the, came the uh, the sequels and the prequels and so on and so forth. I just, every time a new book comes out, I just got, I got to get it. I'm probably one of the pe- few people who liked the original movie. Uh, yeah, I, liked it too. I had one complaint, mm. okay. and I always have yeah. wished that someone in Hollywood could undo it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soundtrack, I felt it distracted me from the dialogue. I thought it went, I, I thought it went, went well together. No, it, it sounded like an Italian okay. Western, but I mean, <laughs> I just felt like it was fighting the dialogue. Yeah. I, I mean, even if they had lowered it, it was very loud in the soundtrack, yeah. the whole soundtrack. Yeah. Well, and it just, I just took, thought it took away from the story being conveyed. I actually wish so. I could, I wish I could see the, I've never, I've yet to see the European cut. That's one of my wishes. I like the, I, I prefer the extended what, cut over the I haven't heard cut. it's different. I believe it's five hours. I think that it's actually about the most. What? About three hours Three long. hours? Three hours five. long. And okay. contains a lot, more, a lot more footage and... Mm-hmm. And uh, and the digitally remastered version just looks cool. Wow. Jim, you wanted Jim, you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I uh, there's two of us that like that movie, huh? I appreciate that. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, what I found disturbing about the movie, uh, in a, in opposition to the book, was I really didn't care for the Harkonnen disease culturing thing and all that. I, yeah. I don't remember that from the book. Yeah. That was disturbing. The rest of it, I th- I thought the movie was all right. Yeah, well, we can thank David Lynch for that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I um I you know, Jim, you don't know this, but I I went, I was on the treadmill one day and said, well, you know what, I feel like I needed as we went to House Trading, I needed a perspective to know who was important, who wasn't, and it had been so long since I had read Dune that I watched a David Lynch uh, film, and um, and while I agree with a lot of what's said, I kind of came into it. Um, looking for the characters, and as I was reading um, House of Trades, saying, "Okay, this this character is important. This is one I should be paying attention to because it does play in later on into the main Dune books that we're going to be getting to." Again, because it was twenty twenty five years since I had read it, and and uh, just needed that kind of 
I guess it just kind of put a perspective on what was important as I was heading into the prequels of it. Would, I, would anyone else like to share about uh, getting into yeah. Dune? I'd, I'd say my, my introduction to Dune and my experience with it is probably a combination of what's already been said. I first, I think, saw it in like a movie store, like a video rental place, and just saw the, the title and the sandworms. I was like, oh, what's that? So I watched the movie first, the David Lynch one. And uh, then not either. I borrowed the books from my mom or my mom's friends, and uh, I really enjoyed the books, especially Frank Herbert's writing, um, the geopolitics, mm-hmm. the intrigue, the um, the whole world, plans within plans, yeah, the, the everything. Just it's rich and it's well written. I remember, like he he's really good at writing scenes. That th- this is one of the big differences it's all between. Than the new ones with Kevin J. Anderson, Frank Herbert was. In the new ones, you have a lot of the action and the actually fighting and blowing up and space battles. And somehow the original Dune books were more exciting, even though all you would have was like two people in a room talking. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's the way he was able to write those scenes of just like tension building within a conversation and the subtle movements and how their actual body language is. is and you know, so much. I felt. Oh, as I got into House of Trades, that that sh- that like I agree with you, especially with the Butler and Jihad, mm-hmm. a lot of action. But when you get the House of Trades, that political intrigue, they really slowed it down. Well, again, this, they were written, I guess, before it, but they were much more in line with the original books mm-hmm. than when you yeah. go back to the Jihad. But I like the Gene, but Okay, I haven't gotten there yet. So, so <laughs> I think I'm I'm like halfway through House Harkonnen. Okay, um, but I I haven't. Be able to finish those, um, but yeah, I did read the Butlery in Jahan high school, so yeah, I think at the time I was find <laughs> that enjoyable, but yeah, yeah, I picked it up since then and was like, eh, yeah, yeah, not as much, but um, you know, they yeah. do they do they do give a good background to it's the a, history yeah, it's, of it, it's, but it's, yeah, it's a neat background fluff material, like oh, that's where the guild came from, or mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. kind of neat, um. So yeah, that that's my experience. And I also really enjoy the the sci-fi miniseries, both of them, well done. And uh, I don't know if you guys will touch on it, but I just saw the other day that like they're doing a documentary for the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jodorowsky's unmade version of Dune. And then, do you want to talk about that? Just give okay. a premise for it for people that maybe yeah, that, 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 this looks like it's it's, yeah. it's fascinating. And part of me has to say like oh. It looks it, it look as amazing as you think in our minds, right? Like, have you seen Holy Mountain though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, we just watched the trailer earlier today. I mean, I had known about it a little for a little while, but I hadn't uh, checked it out. And uh, prepping for our talk, the, uh, J- how do you say his name? I, I pronounce it Jodorowsky. Okay, Jodor, this filmmaker yeah. <laughs> had the idea to make this this uh, what was going to be a monumental Dune's Dune movie. And it, I guess it just fell apart. He had like all these people lined up, all these things drawn out. Like Orson Welles, I think, was Orson one of the people tapped into it. Yeah. And, uh, Salvador Dali. Was yeah. The uh, Mick Jagger, yeah. I think, was also a part in life. I'm excited to watch this documentary. It, it's funny because the, the film sounds both awesome and horrible. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like Lynch just turned up to 11. Yeah, that's, like, some of it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I like this design of the, the, the things I'm seeing, and then he's like, 
Wow, Mick Jagger would play this guy. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. that with Jagger paintings. I think some of Geiger's set designs were used in Lynch's version. If you look at the the castle for the Atreides on the yeah, it's actually like his. The walls are very alien esque in their contours. Well, they were saying a lot of the stuff that was designed for this movie was used in other things. Like I guess uh, the xenomorphs from Aliens oh, got yes. their yeah. yes. their original. Like the concept from them was taken from this Dune movie that was never made. Okay, so. Uh, It'll be interesting to watch this when it comes out. Like, there should be a lot of it. Do we know when that's due out? March. That's March. Yeah. Oh, so it's soon. I thought Pretty Peter soon. Berg was involved in the production. I was seriously talking about that three, four years ago. I don't remember. Uh, Who's this? Peter, Peter Berg. The actor and director. I remember. Yeah. Did you want to talk about uh, your Dune experience? Um, well, mine's pretty similar to everybody else. Um, I remember re- reading the first trilogy. Uh, I seem to remember that I was in high school. Uh, everybody here seems to think that they were out 10 years old, so I don't think I'm that much older. Um, and I, I just like, you know, I, I like the pacing of his story and, you know, the characterization. And it's mm-hmm. just a, a really fascinating story. Uh, the movie, I, I, I liked it and I didn't like it. I was kind of hot and cold on it. So. Yeah. So, yeah. F- for me... My mind goes along lines. I had seen the David Lynch one when I was a kid and not registered what I was watching because it's so crazy. I was just like, oh, hey, look, the cat Picard, you know, just kind of like, <laughs> just kind of like turned off to the whole, like, I don't know, whatever is happening here. I don't quite understand it. But I remember seeing the previews for the sci-fi miniseries and being oh, yeah. like, what is this? I want, I want to see what this is. So then I read the, I read the first two book before it came out, and then I continued to reading, and then I was just like flipping when I saw Children of Dune was coming out. I love the science, the sci-fi miniseries. I wish that they would have, they would have kept going with those. Right. You know, I mean, I know James McAvoy's too far big now to probably do it, but if you go to God Emperor, I mean, anyone could play. Play him in that capacity, you know. It's going to be all CGI anyway. <laughs> so uh, that that was that was my dive in, and, and from there, I, I must have gotten in just like right at the right time. Uh, the house books were already out, but by the time I read everything, they were just wrapping up the Legends of Dune stuff, uh, and then of course, several years later, they finished off the series. So that's kind of how I came in. Mm. Scott. Oh, well, how, how I how I came into it again. I read them. I think in high school I read the original trilogy, and so I guess it would have been the late '80s. And then I didn't touch a Dune book until we started this podcast. Yeah, really. And I and I had encountered. I never encountered David Lynch film, as I said, until just a week or two ago. But I had I had seen I had seen the miniseries, like uh-huh. the sci-fi miniseries, both of Dune and Children of Dune, and loved them. In fact. Um, Children of Dune soundtrack is still one of my top five soundtracks. Oh, yeah, I just love the yeah. music of it, and I play it. It's beautiful. It's meditative, and it's just everything that you want in a soundtrack from Dune. So um, that's been kind of my background and how I got into into yeah. Dune. Could, could I ask what your um, impressions were for the Dave Lynch Dune? Not Dune. like I don't know. I feel like a lot of us saw it before, and and while we were introduced to it. And for, I mean, at least for me, it's like a sort. It's it's weird and off-putting for its like inconsistencies to the book, but at the same time, it's near and dear to my heart for being an introduction. So I was wondering how you. Yeah, you see, it'll be interesting when I hit the actual Dune book. What I think of it in comparison to it, because I don't, 
uh, I read so much sci-fi between now and I read the between now and when I've actually read the original series. And I don't remember a lot of the nuts and bolts of it. I know the main characters and so on, um, but it'll be interesting. I, you know, it, it was certainly dated. I mean, when you look at David Lynch, it's dated, and there's a time. Uh, the music you mentioned, I can see the music bothering a little bit. I didn't think about it as much. Um, I know that I, because I had watched the Sci-Fi's Dune series first, um, and saw their interpretations of the Navigators, and then to see the Navigators here, very odd. Yeah. Very felt very odd to me. Um, yeah, it was just, but but I I enjoyed it, and I felt for me when I went to it, I went to it saying, okay, this is giving me a premise for what I'm reading in the prequel, book, like the house books. Um, and so I went into it, not necessarily tearing apart the film, but looking at it more for what content am I getting that's giving me a premise for what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way I looked at it more than any. Jim, why don't we hear your uh, origin here before we move on? Well, I was running a movie theater when the David Lynch film came out, and I ran it and watched it. Uh, we only played it a week. It didn't do very well. Um, but I, I caught most of it every night. Um, and was fascinated by it. Uh, that's when I read, uh, the first Dune book, Frank Herbert's book, and kind of got hooked in the whole mythos. I was, I really, really enjoyed the books. Um, and later on, I noticed that, um, Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson were writing the the sequels, and I thought about getting them myself, and then my son said, no, they're no good. They aren't even <laughs> worth reading. Which uh, I confronted him about not long ago, and he says, well, geez, Dad, I was a 16-year-old kid, and I was kind of stupid then. Uh, you shouldn't have listened to me. Uh, he... <laughs> He is now rereading them along with us, and and I think he's uh, getting a lot more out of them than he did when he was younger. And I know I I am I'm really enjoying them. When you said you confronted him, I just imagined uh, the two of you on the back of some worms, crashing the worms together. <laughs> no, we don't we don't have any worms here in Nebraska. At least not <laughs> uh, that, do, that does that does bring up probably something that I wouldn't mind talking about a little bit is you find it, people that are so diehard Frank Herbert and only Frank Herbert. Uh and then you have people that are saying, Well, the earlier universe that brought what Brian's doing and what Kevin's doing has validity. Uh where do you guys kind of fall in that? Are you guys even though it's not Frank Herbert, are you okay? If you're going to get Dune somewhere and this is the only place to get Dune, are you okay with getting it from uh, Brian and Kevin? Or would you rather it just be the Frank Herbert universe? There's a Herbert involved, and I think he seems to have gotten a grasp of his father's universe mm-hmm. well enough. Uh, and they certainly have enough of the notes. Oriented. Yeah, but the essence, I felt the essence of the originals, if you will, are oh, still yes. in hmm. those books. Yeah, so one of the things we do for our show is, is on our listener feedback show, we have a, an area called Bad Reviews. And <laughs> I, I just go on Goodreads and I try and find the bad reviews for the books. Because we want to talk about, I mean, because, you know, we're obviously fanboys because we're doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we want to hear what other people have to say against it. And the most repeated thing is 
the writing isn't as good. Like it's not, doesn't feel like the same universe. And, and something that we constantly drive home and, and, and Jim's like a broken record on this one is he says, he says, you know, they're not the same guys. It's right. going to be different. It's not the same people. And, uh, it's like Christopher Sergio. Tolkien putting out a Tolkien book. But right, but same like type, the children, movies, children of Huron and whatever. I think, yeah. it, like the difference between Tolkien's son continuing the the, the franchise estate, whatever, and Herbert, this is son. Um, Herbert, I feel like is doing more original work. Like he he does have the notes and some of the framework for writing within the universe, but um, he is adding a lot of his own material. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with with Tolkien. It was very much like, okay, we have all this material. Or we have this draft. Yeah, we're we have this gonna draft, flash. and we're going to change it a little bit so it's publishable, but we're not going to, like, let's let's do a new adventure in right. some other land yeah. within Middle-earth that right. we never, like, really dealt, dealt with. Right. True. Yeah. How do you feel about the way the books are going now, like the new ones? I mean, right now they're doing the Schools of Dune, which is uncharted territory, but... They stopped their series where they were putting books in between the original books. Okay. Uh, did any, I haven't read those yet. They're on our list. We're going to read them in order. And I know the one that I wanted to le- read the most was the one between Children of Dune and God Emperor. And that's the, they haven't done that one yet. So it, 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 do you think that's like a cash cow? They're just like, oh, well, we'll just write this book and throw it in there. I, I I couldn't say because I think I haven't read most of the new ones. I'm I'm lost as far as what's out because I've read uh, like the Butler and Jihad. I have the house books, and then I've read through the original series up through Heretics. Okay, um, but nothing past that. Yeah, then there's Hunters and Sandworm. Don't look at me. And then there's <laughs> Paul of Dune, which takes between it's uh, between Dune and Dune Messiah, and Winds of Dune, which is between. Uh, Dune Messiah and Children of Dune. Okay. And each of those are supposed to follow more closely, like a, a, a pivotal character, like Paul of Dune, obviously Paul. Wind, Winds of Dune is Irulan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then. They were supposed to do another one about Jessica. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, so there were supposed to be four, because there's one was Leto. Uh, but, I don't know, I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, so I don't know what to expect. Right. Um, I certainly hope they're self-contained so that yeah. when we finish, Winds of Dune, there aren't plot lines that would take place in the next one that don't get wrapped up. Right. Uh, I think I would be irritated if that happened. Yeah. As long as they keep things, as long as they finish a series or finish, or, uh, finish a self-contained book, I'm okay with them doing that. I mean, yeah. uh, if they would have started the house, the, or the schools of Dune and then stopped and like went into something else, that would irritate me. <laughs> because not, I want to know what the end of the, this, I mean, obviously it's supposed to be more than one book. I want to know what the rest is going to be. Yeah. So. I did feel that when we talked about the uh, the Butler and Jihad books that, that that there were some lines in there that they kind of left open they didn't ever resolve. Yeah. So well, it's ten thousand years between Legends and and House. There's a lot more books. books. There's a lot more books to get right in there. Yeah. I mean, and there's three thousand years between Children and uh, God Emperor. So there's yeah. tons of stuff that could go in there. Right. So yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I guess the question is continuation of dune content are there any storylines that they haven't explored that you feel like you would like to see kevin j anderson and 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 brian herbert explore that maybe they haven't explored in the dune books none that comes to mind right now i would like to see 
more after Hunters. Oh, yes. Of he Dune. has a kiss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil it for Scott because he hasn't gotten there. But, yeah, or anyone else. But, yeah, the stuff that happens at the end of Hunters, it, like, it wraps the story up, but at the same time, it kind of gets exciting. You're like, I, I, I kind of want to know what the next thing happens is. So, we're done. You can take your fingers out of your ear. Yeah. So. I think about it. What I want to know is like the or, or what how, exactly how the machines took over in Legends of Doom. How did oh, like, yeah. like how Omnius became so let's go back even further. No. Yes. So <laughs> AI are back? Yeah. <laughs> I think I heard about that actually. Yeah. Um, even the like the Cymec were back. How did the Cymec back? <laughs> no, no, we're we're talking Prequel to Legends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, prequel to back, Legends. Like, like, like the, whole the thing, first time they took over. The whole thing started oh, right, like, so, back on... Oh, they took over again? No, they, they, how they originally took over. <laughs> okay. Yeah, original. That's what okay. I meant to say. Okay. When I said okay. first, I meant original. Right. I, I would be for that. No, Jim's for it. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it could just be, like, one book. I don't need a trilogy. I guess he could make a trilogy on it. They're, they're all hung up in trilogies, I guess. Yeah, but, I don't know if they know how to write single books. But, uh, <laughs> but the standalone book, I'd be out for a standalone book or even a series that would explore that universe. So, How would you feel if someone other than those two got the rights to write write books? I'd be mixed, but if it were, like, um, a series of short stories compiled into one bi- into a bigger one in, like, a collection... Like fan base collections or other authors that I'd read it. I guess the question is, if we're only getting Dune, and only getting limited amount of Dune, and you want more Dune, there's only so many out. So it's just for yeah. it's just Brian and Kevin writing it. It's limited uh, limited amount of time they have to put stuff out. So. Plus, they're writing other books, right? I mean, and Kevin Kevin writes a lot of other things. All right. So let's say they do put the Dune series into a movie franchise. They do something like they did with. Uh, Star Wars or or Lord of the Rings or whatever they they make a movie movie adaptation. What do we need in order for that to happen? What needs to be in those movies in order to make them make them make us as fans happy about these movies? <laughs> True to the dialogue. True to the dialogue and the original sto- and the original storylines. Hmm. Okay. Well, and I, I guess that's the other thing. I mean, we're lo- we're talking about something, especially when we deal with the original series, very political in nature, very, uh, very head, yeah, dense. You're gonna, you're, and you're gonna have, in order to reach mass audience, you're gonna need to lose some of that. Do you think they can make a single movie that gets that pleases everyone? No, I don't absolutely think so. not. Lynch yeah. tried. Yeah, I think that, that I think that's one of the beauties of the sci-fi miniseries right. is it was longer. They were able to, and I know that some people were like, "Oh, you know, no. it feels a little left. Things are left out." I'm, ah, it's it's long. It's got a lot of stuff in it. The book has a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I I don't know enough about the son, but would he not own the rights to all his father's? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he would have to be the one to approve, right? Any other writers, and since he's had himself attached to this one author, do you think it's likely that? It would ever happen then? That he would uh, partner with someone else? It, it would be, I think it would be, it would have to be, someone would really have to s- sell him yeah. on himself, the fact that he was able, that he's able to do just as good of a job to complement what Kevin J. Anderson's yeah. doing. I know that, 
uh, at the end of the audiobooks, I, I, I run a lot, so I listen to a lot of these books when I run. Um, they entertain me in my long runs. And uh, they at the end of the audiobooks, they interview Kevin and Brian. And Kevin just talks about how from a very young age he was immersed in these books and and his conversations with Brian and just how that was all how their friendship was all developed. So it would take a lot to break into that. Yeah. Um, so I would guess the likelihood of that is probably next to nothing where we see another author play in the same sandbox. But yeah. But who knows? At least not until they you know, are too old to write. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they reach a point where it's just not feasible for them to Is there gonna be a grandson who will Yeah, that's true. people or yeah. Yeah. And I also don't know, I know that a lot of what we're getting in Dude is based, is based, again, they do, they're doing a lot of original stories, but are based on the notes of Frank Herbert. What happens when these notes become, when we exhaust these notes? Mm-hmm. Um, will we ever see these notes originally published? I mean, they did, mm-hmm. t- like Tolkien, Gene, there's a 12 volume set of Tolkien's work where you can get all his notes and different variations of Gandalf and so on down through. Uh, is there going to be something like that for people that are really doing, fin- Fanatics, where we can actually see the original sketches, ideas, thoughts, words. Like of, donating it all to a library someday. And yeah, yeah. I, I think part of them. I think part of them are in a library, or they were, but but then they found a bunch in the attic as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. What about a TV series? Do you think it would make a good TV series? It did make a good TV series. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like a serial. Depends on which network does it. Because if it were like sci-fi or or HBO, then and it would definitely reach a much more audience. But other networks like the Big Three or or dare I say Fox? <laughs> no. no, no, no. And I would say that it's probably not. It probably wouldn't work with network television. You need something that's going to play to a drama because it really is a drama that's willing to that looks at maybe more of a political type. Story that would really play well. AMC, uh, Sh- Showtime, yeah, HBO, AMC. HBO, uh, Sci-Fi did it did a decent job in the mirror series. Can they turn that into? Uh, do they have the budget? I don't think that they have the budget yeah. to turn that into a year long show. They still need a material, even maybe right. BBC. BBC yeah, might I be can, able to I do can it. See that? Yeah, yeah. But. So okay, so I've got a I've got a question. What? How do you? Collect your Dune books. Do you have Do you have them on a pristine shelf? Do you Do you Do you have just like Are they just like beat books that you've read a million times? I have the original. I have the first one in, in hardback, and the others are in paperback. Uh-huh. Like, but but I keep them all in a safe place. Yeah. I have the original trilogy, but not a trilogy, but not in matching. But you know, and the first one is the first one I read. In oh, 1970, wow. when I lived in Europe, so oh, wow. that wow. helped me pass some time. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of memories on that one, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. it's really, used. really, really yeah. nice. I yeah. hardcover one, but I got lost somewhere in the midst of the my marriage breakup. But now I have just paperbacks on the shelf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the middle of converting all of mine to hardcover, and uh, one of the things I know we I mentioned it before on the show, but. Um, I want them all uh, being really OCD about it. I want them all to match well, editions. Well, yeah, there's something wrong when they're not matching. Right, and I want them all to be like the same size, yeah, or like yeah. the same. Mm-hmm. So the last time they put out editions was 2008. 
All right. So the 2008 ones kind of look like they sort of somewhat match the newer books by, I'm talking about the original series editions. They kind of look like they, they match. So I'm going to collect them and most of them you can find on eBay for less than market price. Uh, or, you know, you can get them. I think Amazon even has them for cheaper now. Anyway, get to Children of Dune, right? Thinking, continue this journey, continue buying these books. Children of Dune, for whatever reason, retails at $250. Yep. That's that's hardback, yeah. Yeah, hardback. For whatever reason, all the other hardbacks are easy to come by, but Children of Dune, you cannot get it. Like, Barnes & Noble has it new for $250. And it's funny because usually it has list price crossed out and then it's cheaper. It has the list price of $24.99 crossed out, $249.99. Must have been limited production. It must have. Yeah. Premium now. Which is crazy. Decimal error. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've tried other stores. It all comes up the same. That's, that's bizarre. eBay, it's like even... You, you mentioned... Yeah, the Kindle sale. You can't put that in your bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You mentioned Barnes & Noble. I saw that they have... Um, I don't know how recent it was, but I've seen like within the past few months uh, Dune, you know, the original book Dune um, in like the really nicely... Oh, yeah. Like the leaf and... The, the illustration on the front. I don't know. They did that with several other classic books. Yeah. So let's say I'd be willing to buy that because right now my Dune is just like the paperback that I got. And, right. Uh, right. So yeah, that, that nice. Yeah, I I I, I saw that. I was like, ooh. I mean, if they're not going to match, you know? yeah. <laughs> Nothing else can match, and then you have one. Right. Just go up another lot notch. Right. Uh, so I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been looking. The next version back combines Dune Messiah and Children of Dune into one book, and my uh, problem with that is I like to display them chronologically, and you've got uh, a book in between the two of them now. So right. Anyway, yeah. first world problems. Yeah, definitely first world problems. Right. Yeah, for me, I just have, I don't, I, I own, I think the original Dune book in paperback mm-hmm. and it's sitting on a shelf in my classroom at school. Yeah. Again, most of the books I'm encountering through audio right now just because of how much I travel and, and when I run, it just, it's one of the ways I just process when I have a six year old and a, 11-year-old running around the house, I don't get much time to read. So, I just, you know, someday maybe I'll get to the actual paper books. To yeah. Read, but that's the way I'm having it. Jim, how about you? Mine right at this moment are all on my Kindle. Somewhere in a box, somewhere around here, uh, I do have the original, all the original books in paperback somewhere. But I couldn't put my hands on them if I without a, a thorough search. <laughs> right, right. Well, I guess uh, one other question I thought we could maybe explore a little bit is, so we talk about, we obviously are here because we read Dune, we encountered the universe, we are interested in it. it in your opinion, how has Dune impacted your life, your perspectives, uh, if it has, or has it been something that you enjoyed reading and entertain, has been entertainment and nothing more? So I guess maybe thinking along those lines. I guess it got, got me really interested in science fiction. I mean, before that, I was into Star Trek, Star Wars, but but not really that much. But after this, that I was really, really into it. Okay, so this kind of pushed, propelled you in. Yes. For me, it was just having a new universe other than what I knew in Star Trek and Star Wars. And going back to 1970, I, I was still, uh, you know, 
coming off of the TV series, the, the original series of Star Trek. And um, so, you know, it was just a, a wonderful, um, different universe with different problems, the geopolitical, you know, the spice herb, um, you know, that they were secretly hoarding in water and all of I never thought of all those things before. So that was uh, just a whole different universe. It was great. Yeah, and Frank Herbert definitely created a universe for us and a world. I mean, uh, he's still hailed as being one of the great world builders in sci-fi. Him along with Tolkien, I think, are probably the two biggest as far as the universes and the way they create them in literature. When you get into movies, maybe there's others. But, I mean, just those universes, the way they built them were just so beautifully done. Yes, yes. So. I think even at the beginning of Chapter House, he had to make a statement saying, I, I did not create a religion. Right. Yeah, I'm not trying to change world order here. Right. You know, one of the things I did think about, though, and we got into it to do this podcast, and as, as I've read the books, I continue to see commentary, even in the Kevin G. Anderson and Brian Herbert books, commentary of what's going on in our own society, um, just the way politics work and the way wars are won and how you know history is told from the vantage of the victors. And um, there's just so many – ideas about technology and what we invest in technology and how how we technology controls us especially when we deal with the butler and jihad that become tropes and messages that continue to speak into our society i wouldn't say they change my life but they continue to reinforce and do what i believe good sci-fi does and that is provides commentary on our own world around us and helps us to continue to put it in perspective and at least some perspective but Yes. Yeah, a- absolutely. Absolutely. Caledon seems such a nice place to live. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Any thoughts, Jim? Um, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Does that, that finish out our list? That finishes out we'll the see. list I have. We'll see. I'm just... I, I'm kind of learning along with everybody else here being it's the first time I've gone through. So uh, I guess for me, it's just a matter of uh, discovery and just really enjoying some good stories. Yeah. And that's what I think, uh, again, we went back to this a little bit earlier, but just when you deal with the Brian, the Brian and Kevin books, they're they're entertaining. Like when I read it, I, I say, "Well, was I entertained? Yes, I was entertained. Did they draw me into the story? Um, were there things that bugged me? Like they they pull that stint. What was in the third book where they pull that stint where there's sixty years that suddenly are just missing and they kind of jump sixty years into the future and and it's kind of like, okay, uh, where did they go? There's some things that bother me, but but I know I'm in a good story when I'm listening to it or I'm reading it and I don't want to stop what I'm doing in order to continue to read and be engaged in the world and the story. And that's the way I felt about all the, all the Dune books that I've read so far and in my journey into Dune is that I don't want to put them down when I'm done. I want to keep reading. I want to keep moving on. And yes, they're long and yes, they, and yes, they, you know, you know, you know, continue to, to move on, but but I'm engaged. It doesn't bother me. Well, that, that about wraps us up then. Jim huh? actually wants to talk here a little bit. All right, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I've I have found myself very much Im- emerged in these stories. Uh, for instance, I'm oh about a quarter of the way through uh, House Harkonnen, 
and there's just been a 10-year jump ahead with, uh, well, I won't spoil it, but a 10-year jump ahead. And I didn't realize it right away. Uh, I caught it after a few sentences, and uh, that doesn't bother me at all. I can handle that as long as I as long as I can catch up at some point with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think you get used to it. They're, just, they're not as harsh as as I, I feel like the the jump that was in Battle for Corinne was the the harshest one because it was it, those books are so action based, and you've got action, 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 climax, and then all of a sudden it's like. Oh, okay. Sixty years. Sixty in the years future. later, like what happened? Like we just we just had this great battle. Like I want to know the aftermath of it, and now we have to go sixty years later and and slowly learn what happened in between the two of the. Yeah. You know. I think that's bad. Have you ever read Faulkner? <laughs> I have not. No. So. No. There's well, some time jumping around back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I believe that about wraps up the panel then. We're, yeah. We got, we got our five-minute notice anyways here. So. Yeah. yeah so. so thank you thank you for joining us as we talk Dune a little bit and uh, kind of reminisce. And uh, we're going to kind of continue our journey. If you get a chance, check out the Dune Saga podcast. Yeah. We um, we love to get feedback uh, to talk on our feedback show. So feel free to write us in, dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail on our 188 number. Yeah, 1-888-508-4343. There you go. So for the Dune Saga Podcast, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. Jim Arrowwood here. Yep. Thank you. And may Shai Hulud clear the path before you. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs>